politics, pop culture, and a whole bunch of other things that start with the letter P. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Who knew that optimism could sound so sarcastic? Hey, 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 welcome to lucky episode 13 of the Mark Harvard Podcast. How are we doing, folks? You have a good week? Mine, it was pretty hectic, but I think I'm at the end of a end of a long battle. <laughs> I think I'm at the end of a, of a, of a very hectic time. Um, part of that time actually made more hectic by me having uh, COVID. We've talked about this before. I had COVID. My wife and I both had COVID. And I'm, I'm seeing now more and more memes out there of people, I guess, vaccine shaming. Is that now a thing? Where people are uh, saying, you know, I, uh, there's like the uh, the bodybuilder, there's like The Rock, and they're labeled it Pfizer. And then there's uh, the guy that played Drax, David uh, Batista, and it's Moderna. And then there's the guy that the the guy that used to be with uh, the Tiger King, and they're saying Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> and 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 I'm wondering, is vaccine shaming a thing? And I say this with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine pulsing through my veins. Um, let me just do a recap for those that, that, that missed this whole plight. Um, my wife and I, we both got vaccinated within a day of each other. I got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine on a Monday on the the next day. She got her first Pfizer vaccine that next week. We both were diagnosed or were were, diagnosed, uh, positive for COVID. I'm not saying the vaccine gave it to us because it didn't. We both probably had already been we we both already had the had COVID. We were just weren't showing any symptoms. I, in fact, never had symptoms ever. My wife, she felt a little puny for a couple of days, but you know it could have been so much worse. I never felt bad, and part of me wonders if it had to do with the differences in the vaccine. That you know, if you do get it, you know. What I mean, does it help with the symptoms? Because if that's the case, then Johnson and Johnson took care of me fantastically. <laughs> but we have, we do have people that are thinking the Johnson and Johnson vaccine is kind of the the Walmart brand, if you will. So a, a, a statement came out from the National Institute of Health director, Dr. Francis Collins. He's actually praising federal health officials for their handling of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine pause, telling uh, telling uh, Fox News that he thinks that they're doing everything right. He said, I hope people will be reassured to see that we have a system in place in the United States to watch for even extremely rare events, which the whole blood clotting thing was. Six people in however many, blah, 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 blah whatever. You are 20% more likely to get COVID than you are to have a blood clot from the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. It's a super rare. It's caused, you know, by some strange antibody, a kind of an autoimmune response that causes the platelets in your blood to begin to be very sticky. It's platelets that cause clots. So, I mean, that that's, you know, the mechanical part of it. But it, when it comes down to it, it's probably never going to happen to you. Um, I was already outside of, I guess, what would be, quote, air quotes, the danger zone from this, but it was not something that I really had. I mean, I, I didn't know to worry about it when I was in the place where I would have had to worry about it. 
And even then, I mean, like I said, I I felt fine. I feel fine. Um, I'm happy that you know I've I've had a vaccine, and I am now able to be safer around like my family, my my parents. I'm hoping to get to see my parents in a couple of weekends. Um, I've seen them. I've seen them once in a year, um, and that stinks. I hate that. So I'm happy that we, we I've got the steps have been taken to where we might get to end that phase very, very soon. So that's that's in the news. The whole Johnson and Johnson vaccine thing. We also had the death of uh, the Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Philip, and they've announced his his plans, his uh, some of his funeral plans. Have you heard these? Because they're dancing around this whole uh, grandson thing. Like it's like it's dancing with the stars. <laughs> they really have because, you know, they've got uh, it, it's a very pointed thing. The order in which people follow the body. So Prince Charles is going to be, you know, he's going to be right there after after the casket. Um, then you're going to start looking at grandkids. Prince William and Prince Harry are not going to be together. Yeah, and and that's that's gonna be that's gonna be weird. They're actually trying to. They also made the um, get this. They've made the rule that senior royals will not wear military uniforms at Prince Philip's funeral to avoid potentially awkward situations. The awkward situation is Prince Harry, who had to give away his honorary ranks and everything when he stepped back from uh, from royal frontline work. So he would not have the uniform. And so to make things not awkward, nobody wears a uniform, which is interesting. Now, his wife, um, oh, what's her name? <laughs> um, yeah, his wife will not be coming. She's pregnant. She's not going to come to this thing. Uh, Kate Middleton won't be at the actual funeral. She's actually going to be all the spouses are of you know like the in-laws, the daughters and granddaughters-in-law, they're actually going to be joining at a reception later on because of COVID stuff. They I mean the Queen is even going to be wearing a mask at this thing. But uh, yeah, the, the big news that's coming out is about how Prince Harry will not walk alongside his brother Prince William at the funeral. However, the two will join family members in walking behind their grandfather's casket with their cousin and the son of Prince and Peter Phillips walking in between them. So yeah, it's even it's even orchestrated out that far, which is weird to me. Uh, and maybe it's just because I'm I'm from the south. You know, our funerals are kind of are a little more loose, I guess. Uh, when my first wife passed away, I I actually caused a kind of a stir at the at the at the uh, church that the funeral was at because I didn't feel like waiting until people walked all the way into the church and being part of you know some receiving line. I just hung out in the lobby and said hi to folks. I'm I'm that kind of casual person, and that worked for me. And a director came and talked to me about it, and I told her what my plans were, and she said okay, and that was it. But apparently, it ruffled some feathers because I'm like, no, I'm I'm I don't need to be part of the ceremony. I just want to say hi to people and thank them for coming. Apparently over there, when you're talking with royals, it is heavy-duty stuff. Um, 
here's something that I that came across my desk that I thought was interesting. One of my favorite foods. I was asked this week what my guilty pleasure food is, and I said pizza because I will eat my weight in pizza and then end up at two in the morning doubled over in the bathroom floor because my body is not ready for me to eat my weight in pizza. But I'll do it anyway. Worth it. So craft. One of my secondary favorite foods is mac and cheese. So Kraft has created incense that smells like grilled cheese. In case you're not already snacky enough, the company's uh, Kraft Singles brand teased its limited edition home fragrance in a tweet that celebrated National Grilled Cheese Day. I'm looking at the tweet now, and it says it's National Grilled Cheese Day and Grilled Cheese and Grilled Cheese Scents. I'm trying to figure out the best way to pronounce that. Has arrived. Yep. Grilled cheese scented incense. And all I have to do is uh, is tweet hashtag breathe cheesy and hashtag sweepstakes to, tur- to turn any time into grilled cheese o'clock. No purchase necessary. And they've got the rules and everything posted up there. Um, yeah. And then this comes on the, on, the, on the heels of the Dairy Queen Blizzard scented candles. So I'm thinking... Eventually, we're going to have a candle company that acts like Willy Wonka. You know, where you have like the uh, the wallpaper that tastes like different treats? You want to have candles that, that, that smell like an entire Thanksgiving dinner. And I, all it's going to do is confuse your tummy. Because, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but when I start smelling something, I get in the mood to eat that. And I'm sure that's what the execs at Dairy Queen and at Kraft Mac and Cheese have realized, that that's... Where that's the psychological battle that everyone faces. So it's a brilliant marketing move on them. Why someone would want that in their house is beyond me because you're gonna get sick of it. Eventually, I mean, by the time that candle has has burned out, you're ready for something else. You're not gonna want to eat that anymore because your clothes smell like it, your couch smells like it, your pets smell like it. And while that's great in small amounts. I'm not so sure that's something that we really want um, in in large amounts. One thing you do want in large amounts is a lot of fun at the Family Expo. This is the Pelham Civic Complex, and they've been nice enough to ask me to be a part of this thing this year. It's uh, sponsored by Vulcan Termite and Pest Control. And like I said, Pelham Civic Complex, Saturday, May the 8th. I'm going to be the MC of this thing, so come on out and say hi if you're in the Birmingham area, the Pelham area. Uh, this is a fantastic event. I actually got to, got to go last year, and you walk in, and there's all these vendors. There's live music. There's uh, all kinds of just the fun things to investigate as a family and learn how to be a better family and just do family time better. We're celebrating the family, so save the date, May the 8th at the Pelham Civic complex and the whole thing is put together by Birmingham Christian Family Magazine. Cool stuff. Thanks for the good folks there for having me out. I am thrilled to death to be uh, to be going to be going there to this thing. And uh also don't forget that coming up very very soon is that church conference and I'll give you more details on that in just a little bit. So Alabama might have a new state vegetable. Have you heard that? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know we didn't have one, but then again, I didn't know that was a thing in the first place. But I'm excited because I love our new state vegetable. Alabama's Alabama could have, as its new official state vegetable, the sweet potato. 
Yeah, the Alabama legislature on Tuesday gave final approval to a bill to name the sweet potato as the official state vegetable. 94 to 4 voting on that bill. And they've sent it off to the governor for her signature. And it's a long list. Alabama has a long list of official state blah, blah, blah. There's a state fruit, state bird, the yellow hammer, a state amphibian. Um, like others, the bill to elevate the tuber started as a classroom idea. And it kind of grew from there. But uh, sweet potato, yeah, I can get on board with that. I like my. I like grilling them. I like uh, taking the skin off, chopping them into discs, or in or into spears. Doing like French fry style. Uh, mix them up with some olive oil, some salt, some pepper. Toss them in a bowl. You know, just to get everything all mixed up and right. Then throw them down on a grill on a real hot, a real hot grill to get a little crust going on them. Let them go until the inside is soft. Man, that is amazing stuff there. And it smells fantastic, too. That's like one of my favorite sides to put with a steak or put with uh, a burger or something like that. That is good stuff. So, yeah, state of Alabama legislature, I criticize sometimes, but uh, you're on the you're on the right path with this. Stick with this. This is good. This is good work right here. <laughs> this is why we voted for you right there. <laughs> Stick around. Coming up after the break, uh, I'm going to tell you about the new fashion trend that nobody wants that is around me this summer. Also, you ever wonder where, how, where, when Paul McCartney first tried drugs? Well, apparently he came out with that. So that's we're going to go into more detail on that as well. And uh, also, finally, I've got a, a job. $12,000, a free co-working space, all expenses paid, outdoor recreational options. But there's one big catch, and I'll give you that in a minute. So stick around. More to come. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Like to welcome a brand new sponsor to the podcast. It's Old World Lumiere Candle Company. And these guys are great. You, you know, you want your home to smell good. And sometimes that's a little harder than other times. Especially when you're like me, you got a four-year-old and a dog and two cats, and uh, you know your house is under constant construction. Um, but <laughs> these things are fantastic. We've got them in our home, and you should have them in yours. There are all kinds of different scents. There's fruity, there's fresh and floral, there's herbal and earthy candles, there's food and drink ones. Let me just go down this food and drink, because guys, these aren't your normal, you know, old lady candles you're gonna find somewhere. You can get a candle that smells like bacon. Uh, apple cider donut, banana nut bread. I've got some of the bourbon-soaked raisin ones in my house, and they smell fantastic. It doesn't hurt that I love raisins, and I'm also pretty partial to bourbon. But still, amazing scents, and you're going to find something that you, that you like. I've got the link over on the Facebook page for Old World Lumiere Candle Company. Support them and let them know that you heard about them right here on the Mark Harvard Podcast. You can join me on May 4th and 5th for That Church Conference. The last year, if you're a church communicator, the last year has been trying, to say the least. <laughs> And that church conference can help out with all kinds of ideas, all different ways you can grow God's kingdom for your church and help reach those that need to be reached. It's a two-day online event for pastors and church leaders, and it is absolutely free. So go to thatcc.com to reserve your free 
tickets. And here's the cool thing. Here's the, well, the extra cool thing is that I am back as a speaker for the second year in a row. I'm so excited to be back. I'm joining a, a, an incredible lineup of speakers that are way smarter than I am. These are folks like Ben Stapley, uh, folks like Matt Brown, uh, Jessica Beeler, uh, Jenny Catrone. These are the folks that are leading in church communications. They know how to help your church. So make sure to plan to be there May the 4th and 5th for this two-day online event. It's That Church Conference. Get your free tickets at cc.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and online at markharvardcreative.com. The Mark Harvard Podcast. The Mark Harvard Podcast. We are back. Welcome back to the Mark Harvard Podcast. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to get out of the studio more, and I'm extremely excited about that. Uh, I mentioned earlier I'm going to be at the uh, the Family Expo. I've also got another, another thing I'm speaking at. I'm speaking at... Fairview Free Will Baptist Church, their men's fellowship dinner. It's on May the 20th at 630. They're at 1804 Park Avenue in Moody. And uh, I'm excited. I'm going to be sharing my testimony, talking about, you know, uh, how God has been there for me through through rough times in my life and about how, um, you know, he, he plays the long game. He really does. God is a logistical master. And puts things in into uh, into into plan that none of us could ever imagine. And uh, my testimony is is kind of a, a, a testament to that, if you will. But yeah, I'll be talking about uh, about that to the men's group over at Fairview Free Will Baptist Church in Moody. That's May twentieth, six thirty p.m. Join us, won't you? I would love to have you come out and uh, and, and hear me and us talk about it. That's good stuff. Good good stuff. So. Want to shake your life up just a little bit? You feel a little bored with the return to this kind of state of normalcy now that everybody's starting to go back to work and everything? Are you feeling a little kind of a blah right now? Well, I've got good news. A significant life shuffle package is yours for the taking that includes a no-strings-attached $12,000 check, a free co-working space, all expense paid, outdoor recreation options, including free gear rentals, even options for remote work certifications. You being a smart and savvy person, probably wondering what the catch is. Well, you got to be willing to move to the wilderness of West Virginia. That's right. Uh, the state has launched a new program called Ascend West Virginia, which will accept applications to put down roots in Morgantown, West Virginia. The program is being privately funded by West Virginia native Brad D. Smith and his wife as a way of encouraging more outdoorsy types to give the mountain state a shot. Might not help, might not leap to the top of your travel destinations, but West Virginia, it's, it's pretty well known as an outdoor lover's paradise. It's beautiful out there. Every time I've driven through West Virginia, it's been beautiful, and because it, it's not it's not all, not all oceany like like the like the seaboard, but at the same time, it's you're not quite um, you're not quite you know over into into the you know the Midwest or anything like that. It's it's a nice wooded mountainy area, and you know you got the Appalachians going through, good stuff. So. West Virginia is the Travel and Leisure is talking about West Virginia, and they're saying it's 2,000 miles of whitewater, 4,000 rock climbing routes, 1.5 million acres of public lands, and there's it's just a a list of all the great natural things in West Virginia. Doesn't sound so bad when you factor in the extra 12 large in your pocket. 
and an all-expense-paid opportunities to enjoy the outdoors, moving to West Virginia actually could be pretty cool. I mean, you won't get rich doing it. It's not something you want to shape your life around. But if you're in a state where where you can work, um, maybe maybe you're, you're a contract employee, uh, you know, a remote, remote consultant or something like that, and you just want to, you mean, you can work from anywhere. Might as well work from, work from West Virginia. Might not. Not bad idea. If you're in a position where you can work from home, go at it. Because that sounds awesome, actually. The more I, I, th- I feel like I'm talking myself into applying for this. I'm, I'm lying. I actually can't work remotely be, like, like that that level. I have a job I have to be at. Um, but if you can, if that, your life is different, I would say go for this. This looks cool. One thing that does not look cool is me in short shorts. And why do I give you that image right off the bat? I probably could have come up with a better uh, better segue to be, that would have eased you in, but you know what? Didn't want to. I wanted to shock you. Social media users have started talking about fashion. And, you know, the latest thing, the latest thing has been all these Gen Zers and the millennials talking about how we shouldn't, you know, women shouldn't part their part on the side and we shouldn't, you know, do the skinny jeans thing anymore. And it's all about the high-waisted thing that I don't like at all. Well... Now they're saying that men's shorts are getting shorter. And, I mean, we're talking like mid-thigh, short shorts, like 1970s and 80s basketball. They're calling it high-cut activewear. And it's been like a few uh, celebrities um, have used it. Milo uh, Ventimiglia and um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson have been photographed wearing black shorts that are short shorts. Um, yeah. And so it, this has become a thing apparently, and I'm not wild about it, (laughs) nor should anyone around me this summer. I mean, I feel like I'm exposing the world to horror if my shorts are above the knee because no one needs to see that much of my legs. They're white. I've got dry skin, so they're not, you know, they're not totally moisturized. Yeah. I, no one needs to see that, but apparently teeny tiny shorts are a apparently seen as a surefire way for gym rats to attract attention, and that's where everything goes off the hinges. So short shorts, now the big thing. Nope, not in my house. No, 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 because I just, I, I maybe I, I've never seen myself as modest, but maybe I am. I don't know. So think back, you know, my first radio job was at an oldies station in Sylacauga, Alabama, a little 5,000 watt oldies station. I really got the job because I knew the owner and he was just trying to be nice. And I was doing uh, Sunday afternoons and um, it basically it was, it, it started off, I was doing, I was running Atlanta Braves baseball games. The station was carrying those. And then I got to DJ when the games weren't on. And then eventually the season ended and I got, you know, five hours on a Sunday afternoon to play radio. And it was like so. It was an AM station, 5,000 watts. It barely covered half of the town of Sylacauga, which is a small town. It's a nice town. I enjoy Sylacauga. Um, when I go back, I like to see how it's grown. It's good stuff there. But um, this was a very low-power radio station. So... I got to really get introduced to a lot of oldies 
acts. You know, I developed a love for Simon and Garfunkel, a love for James Taylor, a love for uh, the Beatles. Um, And so I came across this article and I immediately perked up because I love, you know, finding out after the fact, well, you ever wonder how this happened? Well, here you go. Well, Paul McCartney, I'm sorry, Sir Paul McCartney has revealed it was Bob Dylan who first introduced the Beatles to weed in the 1960s. Hang on, let me work up a shocked and surprised tone of voice. <laughs> the legendary singer, who is 78 now, uh, he claimed that bandmate Ringo Starr thought the ceiling was moving. <laughs> so it was at the Delmonica Hotel on Park Avenue and 59th in the in New York City in August 1964. He remembers the exact day? Good grief. We were, we were in that hotel room, all being good old lads, having a scotch and coke, and it was an after party, I think. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to do that the rest of this time. Uh, Dylan arrived, and he went to the bathroom, or into the bedroom with his roadie. Ringo went along to see when, what, was, what was up. He says he finds Dylan rolled up, and he and, you know, he, has a, he has a joint there. Came back in, said, what was it like? So Ringo says, the ceiling is kind of moving down. And they all ran into the back room going, give us a bit, give us a bit. And that was where things went horribly off the rails for the Beatles. <laughs> because they all continued to experiment with drugs. That's how we got the Yellow Submarine. That's how we got a lot of a lot of their stuff. Uh, McCartney said he did cocaine for about a year around the time of Sgt. Pepper. Uh, and then he did some grass to balance it out. He says, I was never completely crazy with cocaine. He said uh, we didn't do anything for him, which was lucky because I wouldn't have fancied heading down that road. Uh, so Bob Dylan, he's the one. He's the one that opened that door for the Beatles. Man. Okay, then. Well, there you go with that. Way to go, Bob. Hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> so, okay. Um I, I've been spending a lot of time. You know, I'm in school right now, right? You know, I'm I'm, uh, I'm in uh, seminary at uh, at Asbury Seminary, and uh, one of my article, one of my classes I'm in is the history of the New Testament. And yeah, I'm putting this back to back with a Beatles drug story. Um, one of the uh, one of the classes I'm in is the history of the New Testament, and we're talking a lot about the Book of Philemon, and it's a short book. Go go check it out. It's a short book. It's a letter from of Paul's from uh, from uh, prison. Uh, to his buddy Philemon, and, and he puts he gives him this this interesting dilemma. Uh, see, a, a former slave had run off from Philemon, and he ended up, you know, meeting up with Paul, being introduced to 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 the kingdom and to ministry. Paul sends him back to Philemon with a letter saying, "Hey, this guy's doing a lot of great work for us, but I also know that he is an escaped slave. So, what I would request you do." is that you release him to come back to me, to come back to ministry. And if he has any outstanding like financial stuff, I'll pay for him. Don't worry about that. Uh, I'm also not ordering you to do this because I want you to do the right thing. Uh, he, he wants you he wanted, he wanted Philemon to do it because not because he felt like he'd been told to, but because he knew it was the right thing to do. And so from that, you get this whole impression of why we do things. Why, um, why do we, uh, why do we do things? Is it for the public image? Is it because we want people to see us a certain way? 
Or do we do it because we know it's the right thing to do? And I think we, we all know people that do things selflessly. They do things because they know it's the right thing to do. In fact, there's a friend of mine who just won an award. Uh, she is actually a, a part of the morning show over at uh, WDJC in Birmingham, Alabama. Her name is Roxanne. She just won an award for uh, for philanthropy and for you know for doing outreach stuff. Um, and what she does once a week, she leads a group into the worst parts of Birmingham and prays over people and ministers to people. And it's very dangerous. Every time she goes out, it's dangerous because you never know. And she's got, she's got, they've got security that goes with them. And it's a good group of people, some former cops, some former military, that sort of thing. So they're as safe as they can be. But, you know, at any moment, things could go sideways for Roxanne and her group. Well, she won a, a, a national award from allaccess.com um, about about that, for that, for that work, that outreach work that she's doing. Incredible stuff. And I was so happy. To, I saw the article come across my, my, my timeline. I'm like, hey, I know her. She's awesome. Like, I kind of want to be her when I grow up. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, there, she's one of those people that does things because she knows that they're the right thing to do. And she knows that she's called by God to take care of our fellow man. And she knows that that's it's what we're supposed to do. And it's it's not that because that it's really about the hey, look at me, I'm doing this thing that that I you know that I sh- I'm, I should be doing. I'm you know don't don't. It's not a look at me because I'm a great person thing. I mean, you should be, be hang out with her for a little bit. You know, she's a great person. But it's a genuine and sincere part of who she is. And that's kind of something we all have to strive for. You know, we all have to strive for for getting to a place where we do things not because of how they look, but because they're the right thing to do. And that's the challenge I'm leaving you with today, is that next time you find yourself in an, in an opportunity, in a place where you're able to do something for someone else, think about why you're doing it. I'm not saying don't do things for people. You should absolutely do things for people, but try to keep your mind in the right place. Don't go in thinking, oh, I'm going to look so good for having done this or or that. No, just just think about, okay, this is going to help them and bless them so much. I am so happy that and I'm blessed that I'm in a position to do this, that God put me in this place to help this person. So just kind of check yourself there when it comes down to it and uh, try to uh, keep keep your motivations in the right place. Hey, don't forget, I want to hear what you have to say about any of the things we've talked about today. 251-616-2058, 251-616-2058. I'd love to hear from you and love to hear what you have to think about any of the things we've gone through. We've talked about COVID vaccines. We've talked about the uh, the funeral of Prince Philip. We've talked about craft incense, short shorts coming back, the them the you know the state of West Virginia paying you twelve thousand dollars to come live there, and we talked about how cool it's going to be at the Pelham Civic Complex on May the eighth from nine to three, for the Birmingham Christian Family Celebrate the Family Expo, where I will be the MC sponsored by Vulcan Termite and Pest Control Inc. <laughs> yeah, 
So uh, we've talked about all that. Don't forget to join us at the Family Expo. Also, if you are a small business, I would love to talk to you about uh, about partnering up. I'm looking for folks to help grow their business, grow their footprint. All you got to do is send me an email, mark at markharvardcreative.com. Mark at markharvardcreative.com. I will see you next week, gang. Have a great week. Don't forget to share the podcast with everyone you know. And I'm out. The Mark Harvard Podcast.